we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Purely Arsenal podcast. You might have thought we went away. We're back. Nothing much has changed. We've gone from bad to worse. And I've got Neil Char. Char, sorry, Neil Char with me. Char. Char, Char, that's terrible. We record it. Um, I'm not redoing it. The team's terrible. We can start the recording terrible. Neil, how are you? Yeri Christmas, uh, the name of the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you, James. Um, I'm all right, thank you. This is just for the audience. This is a review, a re- repeat of one of our old ones. This yeah, is exactly, exactly the same. same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's worse in in, te- in in terms of the um the feeling and the positivity of it. When you've lost positivity, as James always says, we we know we're in trouble, and and, and you did lose it a week or two back, maybe more. So James Johnson got James with me. How are you doing, James? Morning, morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yerry Christmas to you both as well. Yeah, yeah. I like that name. I like. I don't like it because it means <laughs> yeah. you know we know what it means. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's referring to Everton's winner from um, their centre back, two um, one loss at the weekend. Since we last recorded, um, we um, just before we, you know we, we went on our two week or hiatus ish. Um, we we just lost to Wolves for the first time at home since 1979. So we went out on a positive note, and uh, since then. <laughs> We've lost to Tottenham away, to speak less about that. We've lost at home for the first time ever to Burnley. And we drew with Southampton. So we, you know, we, we, we stopped the rot, as they like to say, and, uh, you know, really turned that corner. And then we ran back into the corner against Everton, losing 2 1. Um, this is the worst, we all know this, the worst start since 1974. It might be even before that now, after the Everton game. I'm not too sure anymore. I stopped looking at the years um, because they're even going back to before Neil was born, which is I didn't know existed, to be honest. And um, um, so it's just terrible. Uh, early little quiz question for you. This season in the Premier League, boys, um, who out of all the Arsenal players... And I'll, I'll give Neil the first pop at it. Um, no, James, put your hand oh. up. Question. Who out of all the Arsenal players, Neil, has made the most passes? Yeah, no. Close. James. Uh, is it Gabriel? It's Gabriel with 900, almost yeah. 300 more than anyone else. And now, Neil, who's made the second most passes? Yeah, no. Close again, James. Um, oh God, if it's not Leno, then it's probably going to be close. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say it's probably holding, isn't it? It's holding. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Holding. Uh, yeah. The, the reason yeah. I asked that question is I think we might get into a point of talking about possession based football and, um, Arteta's post-match comments. I personally stopped listening to Arteta's post-match comments after the Villa game. The reason I stopped listening to him after the Villa game. And by the way, I, I, just to caveat this, we are going to talk about the manager. No one ever on this podcast, and this was kind of before James's return, asked for Arsene Wenger to leave. Right? We never did. We no. thought that maybe it might be the right time. And we, we didn't suggest. We said we, we can kind of see that things aren't quite like they have been. But we never, ever, ever said no. we felt we want this manager to leave. So the reason I want to say that is um, 
because you know a lot of people on different podcasts and you know the the, the media social media you know look it for clicks and views and things like that and we have never been that sort. we're very kind of i would say we think about everything but we're very positive thinking and um, when we see some positive positivity in the club and, and in the manager and when we try to believe in that and support it but um i, I think i think we're going to be a little bit different to that feeling of those 22 years and um people might wonder why we are after such a short period of time i think it just passed one year of Mikel arteta's reign and um you know and, and we're going to start to ask some some serious questions that we that we need to ask so i just the reason I wanted to ask those questions was, yeah, possession-based football has been talked about a lot. And um, since the Everton game, we dominated the ball at Spurs in a way. But I just think it's such so clear that the possession is so uh, irrelevant um, with the way we play currently. So passive. So, you know, where the possession is is so important. Um, I just think I just think that, that that's that just threw out to me when I saw it on the screen earlier. But um, so let's. I mean, I guess let's talk a little bit about players before we talk about um, before we talk about the the, the manager, which we're going to have to get to because it's just a question that's on everyone's mind at the moment. Um, James, um, in terms of the setup, obviously we played our first kind of Premier League midweek game and we saw a little bit of rotation there for the Everton game, um, mate. Who obviously another loss. Um, don't think we really deserved anything from the game. Again, I know we had more of the ball, but we only had two shots on target. I think I don't think we tested a goalkeeper at all in the second half. Um, I think Luis hit the post, but other than that, it was just a lot of sort of passive possession that we weren't never looked like really threatening them. They were very comfortable. I felt um, without attacking too much in the second half. A bit like Spurs at Spurs, if you like. Um, two players that I was really really impressed with is, is Saka and um, which. I don't think I want to talk too much more on Saka for the Everton game because I want to talk about the goal against Southampton, maybe touch on that. Um, but also Niles, we saw Niles, uh, did feel like this was a drop-in of Bellerin because he played midweek as well, Niles. And if he was going to rotate back in like he does with Willian, you don't really feel like he was dropped. Maybe he was just rested. But I was actually really quite impressed with Niles. And I want to see if you thought the same. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always said if you're um, deploying that five at the back, which he reverted to for Southampton and he reverted to at the beginning against Everton. And then all of a sudden it was just like, Oh no, abandon that. You know, it, it's for me, it's just like, we always said, right. He's going to stick with his four now. And if he goes back to the five, then he's going to look, you know, because he keeps changing it, changing it, changing it, changing it. And it looks as though there's a manager there that doesn't know what he's doing. And then he's got no real set style, no real pattern of play. And then we go back to, well, it lacks consistency. Well, a bit like how we took a two-week break from recording because, you know, it was a... Did we really want to talk about stuff like this? The teams took a break for God knows how many weeks now. And it does lack consistency, but that's because not only does the manager lack consistency, so do these players. These players... And do you know what? Looking at it at the moment, everything points to your youth is much better than your established team. So you need to look at that and go, hang on a sec, I'm squeezing that extra 20, 30, 40% out of these younger players than what I'm getting out of established senior internationals, let alone internationals that also capped in their countries. You know, I'll put that on, I'll put that on a thing as well. You know, you've got people that are capped in their countries, but they let your club down. That's another one. And um, no, in terms of Saka, I mean, this just, you know, uh, literally games are relying 
on the individual brilliance of a 19-year-old who, to be fair, we all know that that guy is special and some call him a generational talent. But I'm like, this guy's still raw. This guy is still remarkably raw. For however good he is, he is still remarkably raw. And then in terms of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, for me, I've always said, if you're playing in a five, chuck him in there. Because that the wing, I think as the wing back, yes, but as a proper right back in a four, doesn't really work for me. And also from what we've seen lately, you, part of you wants him in the middle. I'm like, he plays better in the middle. And again, you, you're asking questions about where does he really fit in? But no, he was he was levels above anything, especially in that game at the weekend. You know, we're normally predominantly talking about, oh, everything goes down the left. Well, I thought, and regardless of how bad, you know, you know, I think I put it in the WhatsApp chat. Now, no matter how bad Pepe sort of is and he's languid and he's not running and he, he looks half-assed and everything else, he still looks like the best goal threat. Regardless of how bad, I mean, he he looks absolutely awful out there. I thought, I thought, you know, okay, he took the penalty, scored it, and everything else. And I'm a Pepe fan, but I'm like, well, he ain't much cop yet. He still looks better than everything else. So, it's it, honestly, it, we keep talking about it, but I, I don't know where it's going to change. I don't know where it's going to change. I don't know when it's going to change, and um, I don't know when the winds are going to come. I can't. Do you know what I mean? I can't see it. If if one of you two can, and you can tell me, to tell me, because I can't. No, I mean we joked. Um, you know, even even last year, when when the moment when Emery was 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 sacked, or just before, we, we, we were not really joking. We were we were worried a little bit about getting pulled into a relegation area last season, but it wasn't to this degree. We were never down in fifteenth, sixteenth, and uh, hovering three points over the relegation zone. Um, Neil, is is the most devastating thing? And James might mention about youth there, and I, I agree with pretty much everything that James said. The the argument you get when you say that is. Um, is this the environment to put a bunch of youngsters into? But the problem is it's not all or nothing, James. I don't understand that argument because it's not all or nothing, right? What we're asking here is where's your accountability for players that aren't doing it, it's the experienced members of the, of the team that aren't doing it? And, 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 and pick one, pick two youngsters, right? But he doesn't do it. When he does do it, it just seems so forced, like Joe Willock at Leeds in the in the creative role. It just seems so forced, uh, such a forced moment where you're just hanging them out to dry almost. And and um, but um, it, but 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 yeah, that we're not saying play what Freddie Lumberg maybe did at Everton before he, before he left. You know, we're not saying that fully, are we, all the time? But what we're saying is, you know, that there's people knocking on the door here. Your, your Smith Rose, your Balligans, possibly your Nelsons when he's fit, and. Um, and why aren't we seeing them even amongst the squad, even coming on? Um, you know, they're not remotely involved, some of these players, when they've probably proven more in, in some of the short periods of time they've played this season than, than a lot of the experienced players, right? So I agree, I agree pretty much with everything you said there. And Neil is a concern, not that we're 15th, and you tweet or you tell me that a lot of people commented on um, just basically a, a stat pad, wasn't it, really, um, of where we're at. But is the concern not that we're 15th? The concern is that we actually deserve to be 15th or possibly lower Neil and that's the biggest concern isn't it it is um, the stats don't lie they don't lie the table don't lie it is what it is it's very very uh, concerning absolutely concerning as James said since earlier before we came on air I'm never never negative but I just can't see a, a way out of this at the moment because if it 
carries on the way it is, where's the where are we gonna improve? Where are we gonna start getting results? You know, we can't even draw. It's well, we did. We got one against Southampton, but you know, even that was hard graft. It wasn't easy. Um, just touching on the uh, the stats and the and, and, and etc. And then the day. I think we all would feel a lot better if we were getting close to seeing something improving. If we, if our play was uh, of a such that it was showing signs of um, near misses, maybe a little bit of a, a misfortune in games where, I mean, yes, I, I admit on against Everton, Louise hit the bar, for example, but I mean that's just a, a one-off of, of of you know so few and far between for me. I just feel that the players that we've got at the moment, the way he's picking them, there is just no urgency in any of them. There's no respect for the badge. There's no hunger. They are. They they, they seem as if, oh, it's a, it's a bit of a walk in the park. Do we really care? The attitudes of the players are are there to be seen. I mean, look at Abamyang. Even even before he got injured, it just was a different kind of person to what we've, we've become accustomed to before he signed the contract. Uh, they're just, for me, there's a lot of disharmony. There's a lot of disconnect and they are not, there's no fight in any of them for me. And that's shown in the pitch where, let me just quickly say, you look at, um, someone was, uh, I think one of you guys might have said on the WhatsApp group, I can't remember, I might've seen it on Twitter, that you look at uh, some of the bigger teams, look at their off the ball movement, look how look how quickly and how they get into good positions to allow a player on the ball opportunities to pass in a good area. We don't have any of that. Our off the ball movement is so bad. And even when we do get an opportunity, all the other players are completely out of position or they're not running hard enough or they're not giving their lives to get into a place where we could actually be uh, a threat to the opposition, we just not doing it. And that to me suggests that there's just no enthusiasm. There's no desire to actually try and for themselves, for their own self-respect and for the club as a collective to actually make something count on the pitch. And that's down to player selection. That's down to attitude, mentality. Um, and I think there's also something going on behind the scenes, which is causing a disconnect and, 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 and maybe some issues between players and the management where it's almost as if they don't care. And, and this is where the youth come in. It's like they're playing so well from, from what we've seen in the Europa League games. I think that I enjoy, I'm now looking forward to the League Cup and the Europa more than I've ever looked forward to in the Premiership. When we have a Premiership game coming up, I'm like, oh, okay. When we have a Europa League Cup game coming up or a League Cup, like as we are now, I know it's all bit against City. I just feel more excited because what I've seen in those matches is a, a vast difference to what we're seeing in the Prem because he's playing, giving the youth or the fringe players a chance. And I just see more hunger in those players. So then you come back to the stats and you think, well, there's the evidence. I mean, look at it. It's just dire. It's just diabolical. And because of the stats and it's because of the way we're playing, what you're saying, Jack, is right. 15th is not the issue. It's why we're at the 15th spot. It's why we're there. It's not because every other single team is just better than us. It's because we're not seeing the effort within our own club. Um, you know, you talk about, uh, uh, you know, how far we had become or far away we'd become from the top six. I feel as if every other single team in the league has moved and advanced and we've just stayed still. 
in the way they play, the way their off the ball movement is, the way their thinking is, the way they set up, the, their, and most importantly, their desire on the pitch. I feel that every other team in this league has improved or has moved forward and we have just stayed still. If anything, we've regressed. And that is why, because of the way we play, um, we are where we are. And that is the concern for me. Yeah, well, qu a question I'll ask you as well is, is you talking about there like, oh, I'm more up for the cup games and I'm more up for the Europa League games. Do you reckon that is because these players can think to themselves, well, maybe we might win a cup because that's more of a luck of a draw thing. But for us to be good over 38 games consistently, because they all train with each other, they all talk, they all know it. They know, they know that he ain't got it. He hasn't got it. Uh, you know, they're looking, as much as we're looking at it going, oh God, this this ain't working here. This, uh, They know as well. They look and go, he can't do this. He can't do that. And again, there's talks again that they're all fighting. You know, apparently David Louise and El Nini had to be separated at half time because David Louise was going mental at him, continuously passing the ball backwards and not progressing it forwards. And it's like you said, Neil, I mean, I sent the photo in the WhatsApp group. I'm like, El Nini's got Willian there with two players, I think it was Keane and whoever they had playing at um, right back, or he, or he's got a long ball to Pepe, which Pepe's never going to get. He can pump it long to Enketia, who I'll freely admit, yeah, I'm a fan of the guy. Awful game the other day, dreadful, no, dreadful. And but at the same time, why are we pumping long balls to? You got six foot five um, Mina, who we made the joke about anyway. You got Keane there, who's I doubt Keane, Michael Keane's smaller than 6'3 on a good day. Just whip like, crosses in. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, but he's never going to win that in the air against them two. So I'm like, no, you're not, not utilising that player at what he's good at, which I know you two are like, he's not good at really anything. But at the same time... At the same time no, 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 I agree. I agree. He's never going to win it. He is yeah. never going to win at that game. So no, why, why, no. Why, bother, why persist with that game with him in that role. And then at the same time, how badly does he think of Lacassette that this guy who costs 50 million quid when Aubameyang's injured in a big game against people who are trying to be at the same, let's, let's, let's call it what we want to call it. Everton are trying to get to the same level that we're at either in the champions league. And if not, maybe Europa, but they're not mucking around like this. This is where I, I struggle with his thinking now, you know, before and the end of last season, irrespective of the football, we could all understand what he was trying to do. Um, but with what, what I've seen in the last week is, is, is Lacazette be again off the pace, poor, but I also feel he's been asked to do certain things that he's just not accustomed to. Again, not using the player, right? Dropping him into a 10. I mean, come on, is that really your solution for a number 10? Really? Okay, might work against Rapid Vienna, but let's let's be honest here. And then, um, then Eddie in midweek, you know, I know he laid off the ball for Aubameyang, but I didn't feel he was great against Southampton necessarily to warrant a start at the weekend. So once your two strikers aren't good, then think, then then look down down the pecking order a little bit and look at the striker that's that's been quite good considering he's not played more than sixty minutes for the first team. I know his contract's up in the air. Um, 
you know, and, and maybe look to even have in Balogun in the squad at least. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just find that very, very odd. But again, a lot of his feelings are forced, right? The movement to the back four, the moment that he did it, we spoke after the Leeds game, we said, we're just baffled by this being the moment to go to a back four. Two days after an international break, no time to work with a team. Could have done it at any moment. Could have done it for the Fulham game, first game of the season and said, boys, this is the change. This is the time now. We've done with a cup, right? We're, we're playing normal Premier League games every week. We're going to need to dominate the ball and this is what we need to do. We need to find a creative way of doing it and stick with it no matter what. But now all the yo-yoing, it's exactly the same conversations that we're having under Unai Emery. And let's be honest, under Unai Emery, as bad as we were, we are worse now. We are worse in almost every aspect. And we have now. a better team. And we have, um, I had this argument with my brother and he went, hold on a minute. We had Ramsey, we had Ozil. I said, well, we didn't use Ozil very much either. So that's, let's put that one aside. Ramsey, for sure, we don't have a midfielder like that, right? But we do have Thomas Partey. Okay, he's been injured. So, so, so it's a hard one, right? But then you can get it. Then it becomes an opinion thing, right? You say a woe Well, I say, well, okay, you've got Sacco. He wasn't playing under Unai Emery in that season. He could start playing the next season right so you got Saka now um you know, um, he got a lot more out of Aubameyang and Lacazette. And we've got to remember, Lacazette was the player of the season under Unai Emery. Both players, I think Aubameyang was the golden boot win- winner, but 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 Lacazette was was player of the season. He scored 16, 17 goals that season too. I mean, he got both strikers scoring. We scored 73 goals in Unai Emery's first season. We're on course for 36 this season, right? So the and I that doesn't this doesn't mean that it was the wrong decision to sack Unai Emery, right? I go back to the theory of, and people go, well, you know, why get rid of Rengo? And, and uh, you know, I can understand now, you know, kind of looking at that going, yeah, I mean, I, I would dream of someone like that back because of the way he played, etc. But um, just because you move on from someone, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that that initial decision was wrong because the next one was wrong, right? So it doesn't, just because you're not happy with your wife, it, you, you shouldn't just stay with them because you don't believe the next one, you, you're going to get anything better, right? You know it's the right decision to leave that person, right? Because you're not happy and it's not working anymore. Um, so it doesn't mean that we, you know, you know, the, 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 the previous decision was wrong just because the current one isn't working out. But um but, but literally, you look at every sort of, of stat. And we used to go out to the wing a lot with Emery, but we were a lot more effective at it. Our crosses were actually were a lot more, a lot, lot better into better areas, right? We're playing them in different areas on the floor at times. I mean, our constant similarity from crosses is just unbelievable. And it's just incredible that he's done that. But I think one thing I want to touch on before we get to the manager talk is, um, is the ill discipline. We saw it again in this Everton game, right? So, but I should have gone probably should have gone he just went in studs up down the back of someone's leg i can't remember who it was they didn't review it i don't think he even got booked for it but when you watch it you're like he should have gone and we we've had seven red cards under uh Mikel Arteta, which is over double what any other manager has had and now when i saw that last season I, I looked at it and said you know he, you know that's unfortunate on him he's got individuals making silly mistakes but ever since the, the Pepe moment, I think there's been a, a sign that these players are quite frustrated, unhappy, um, ill-disciplined because of that um, disappointment, whether it's the way we're being asked to play, whether Most it's how we're carrying it out. Well. 
not only red most own goals, goals as well. Another one from yeah. our captain yeah, at the weekend. Um, so I, I think you know. And then someone said to me, "Well, you know, we had a lot of this under Wenger. You know, Vieira spitting at Ruddock, and you know, we had red cards." So I went, "Yeah," but the difference there was, and we did have it. A lot of a lot of the reaction to that first, when we did go down to ten men, we sometimes played better under Wenger. If you remember, we'd go on and win games. We won games even under Unai Emery. We, even under Unai Emery, we were two 0 down against Filler at home. Niles got sent off. We went and won three. Too, and this was in his second season when we were all asking questions of him. That was the doozy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. just shows. I mean, it's a confidence thing too, but it shows how far we've fallen. Because I think, have you ever have you looked at the stats from the Southampton game? I know Southampton are a bit of a run, etc. They're not going to finish anywhere near where they are, though. Um, I think we had like 10 12 percent of the ball in that last 30 minutes, right? And um, you know, you, you look, you looked at but that, that is you know, really concerning, you know, because I know this team just maybe needed to get out there with a point, etc., And they didn't really create that many chances in that last 30 minutes, but we had so little of the ball. There was so little intention to go forward at all. It was almost running scared and dropping deep. Great for the defenders, but just, just indicative of like how far we've fallen. I felt to be honest, but, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Come on, then. Let's talk about it. Let's go to the manager talk. Um, let's start with. Um... Sorry, Jack. One thing: if you were talking about ill-discipline, don't forget Bellerin's lovely throw-ins as well. Yeah. yeah, you know, and they get pulled up by multiple how? times. And also the party uh, one, Neil. The party incident walking off against Spurs is another incident as well, I'd argue. Uh, you know what uh, I mean? But sorry, carry on. Um, no, 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 no. Just saying it's just, uh, it's how could a professional player, how can they not know how to throw a ball in? He doesn't it's know how to eat a meal, though, does he? One, mate, one, all right, fine. Five? Was it five? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and he keeps uh, doing I it. I don't know what to say. Don't keep corners. We, we, got, we got players struggling to take corners. Yeah. Oh, I've always talked about corners. You know I have. I, is, I just cannot understand how you cannot take a corner. Well, it's hard to so find good. someone that does. Well, that's it. I, I, put it on, um, I put it on Twitter the other week. I know you guys are a lot more physical embodiments of health than I am. But um, this this set piece guy that Arsenal got in the summer, he is the biggest stealer of money next to the ice cream repair man's from McDonald's. This guy, <laughs> oh, yeah. he was from Brentford, wasn't he? Regardless of where he's from, I'm like this guy. This guy's stealing it. I thought Willian was stealing a living. Well, but this, I remember this when we got him, they looked at his stats and they said Brent Brentford's set piece stats were actually really, really poor. I think he was from Brentford. I got to remember and look back at. It. I don't he want to was, say something yeah. wrong. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and I, I thought nothing on it. I thought that's a good addition, right? Because even I was on a positive train of thought. Um, but we did have questions last year. We had questions about our football. But the reason we didn't ask it or argue it too much was we felt it was all pushing towards playing these bigger teams giants if you like to in the cup final in the semi-finals and we felt that the way we were trying to play was to mimic what we were going to do because we had nothing left to play for in the league and that's what i felt anyway and um we but we knew it was temporary and we had to change it but but let's let's try to discuss the manager and 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 what we think should happen now um neil um i'll ask you straight mate um if if you were you know, on the board at Arsenal, and we're not really sure who is anymore because we sat so many people. But um, um, w- would you change the manager now? And if you would, um, why would you do that? Wow, cool. I think you're going to ask James this. Um, oh, I'll go to him in a sec. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is so tricky. Okay, personally, you know how much I was 
ecstatic when Antetokounmpo came on board. Uh, I was filled with enthusiasm. I started hearing him talk. I thought, wow, this guy really does know what he's doing. And he proved it to a certain extent. He um, he won, won a couple of a couple of trophies for us, what I doubly call the Community Shield a trophy. But it is. It was a bit of silverware nonetheless. But it wasn't about winning that. It's just about the fact that we were playing good teams and we were doing well. And then even in the Prem, he was getting some good results uh, in the in the close of uh, last season. And I thought, this is it. This is a guy that's he's gonna he's gonna go through some troughs, obviously, because he's uh, he's come into a, a situation which is not very good. But it looks like he's he's structured. His his communication is fantastic. He can get across what he wants a lot better than his predecessor did. And full of hope, full of utter hope, nothing, nothing but. Um, and now we get to the stage where we are now and you just think, all right, something, if, if it had been a couple of games, you, you, you can allow that, of course, maybe even three or four, but it's not just the number of games and, and, and the, rec- the unwanted records that are occurring. It's just that you don't seem to see any light of change um, now you're going to get a lot of people saying he hasn't had enough transfer windows, which is correct. He hasn't had enough time again, probably correct. Um, and he's been unlucky, for example, with the party injury. Um, he's, he's, he's had, he's, he's had a lot of obstacles thrown in his way. Um, and again, I, I agree with all of it, but what for me now looking at it, it's becoming more transparent that, was this too big a job for someone who has never really had the managerial experience with Pepe and being with Pepe, not Pepe, Pep Guardiola, Pepe, Pep Guardiola. He obviously had a net. Um, he, he's not the main man. I used to think that he was pulling a lot of strings in the way they were playing when Arteta first came aboard. I thought, mate, a lot of, I think what happened at Man City in a good way Arteta was behind a lot of it and it probably might have even been so, but he had the confidence because he knew that at the end of the day, it was Pep, Pep Guardiola who was at the forefront of it all. So I didn't have any concerns with that. But now I think it's showing quite clearly that I think it's just the inexperience is, is, is there to be seen. When you see him in interviews, he's not the same person that we saw a few months ago. He's almost like even afraid to look at the camera He's saying the same thing over and over again. Sometimes I find it quite delusional to say that how, you know, we've dominated the game. And But the, the thing that you asked us, the, the quiz question you asked us right at the start, dominated the game how? What, in possession of passing to and from your defenders? You're not. The domination of a game is where we are completely obliterating the opposition throughout the pitch, you know, passing very fluidly, from the back to the mid to the front and back again and, and knowing what to do defensively, knowing what to do positionally, knowing what to do with our attacks. That for me is domination. To have a stat with high possession where all you're doing is just passing it willy-nilly and with no effects at all, that's a different different, different situation altogether. So it, it, it leads me to the fact uh, that if we are looking to change the management do we do that now or do we do that later? Because I think, Jack, I know what you're going to say, made a great point uh, off, off, you know, on our WhatsApp chats and while we've not been on air, um, that if we don't do it now and we 
and then the board decides to take action in five or six games time or even a little bit later when we are seriously now in the bottom three, which could very well happen, who is going to come along to want to take a club in that situation and take reign of a club in that situation? Isn't it maybe better now to do it where there's still a chance a manager could come in and probably you know, help us survive without too much difficulty? The other thing, and I'm not saying Arteta out, by the way. All I'm trying to say is play devil's advocate and look at the facts. The other way of looking at it is, um, will another manager come in and really make the change with these players? Because for me, what is the problem? I I would like to look at it, look at what the the problem is. And I think it's deficiencies all across, as it has been for so many years. I think there's issues at the board with Edu and whoever else is there. I think there's issues with the players. There's no doubt about that for me. Absolutely no doubt about that for me. There's issues with the manager because I think he's getting frustrated. He's get, he's got to the point where I think he doesn't even know what to do. He certainly doesn't know who his best team is and he just doesn't know what to do. And, and I just think there's issues with the attitude generally. So I, I, I have to ask the question, yes, a manager change could be the answer. And I'm not saying it's not, I'm not against it or I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the fence here a little bit because I'm scared to say, yeah, definitely get him out right now. I know you guys are thinking differently. But I, my question is, number one, who does come in? And I've got a couple of answers for that, by the way. But number two, more importantly, will they make an immediate impact? They probably, What my, my way of thinking is they probably will. Because if you think about it, a fresh manager, if there's disconnect between the manager and the players and, they, and he's lost the dressing room, if a fresh manager comes in with new ideas and he's kind of got that, gets the players on their side, we might see a different team. So that could be another thing that could come out of it. It's a very difficult question to answer, but all I know is something has to happen drastically. The board have to be bold and they have to make a massive decision now because if we wait, and I don't know what that decision is going to be, but if we wait, we could find ourselves in real, real trouble and then no one would want to touch us from that point. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, Neil's obviously clearly an Arteta out so <laughs> no. um, but no I mean you make good points uh, so let's go through each one of those points that Neil made James and let's just talk about them and get your thoughts on where you're at um, I am of that thought process that if you wait too long you start to look at a different pool of managers when you realise that you're in the relegation um, battle whereas now even though I may believe that it really is um, a possibility we're not we're not in it as such yet. Do you know what I mean? We are, we are, we think we are. We all the stats and the metrics are saying we are. But if you get two, three wins, we're not. And that's that that's the truth of the matter. If you get we can't see him coming, but that's that that's the that's the truth of the matter. But James, where do you stand with it? Um he's been one year in the job. It is early, you know. Um I think Arsenal fans sometimes um want to take this um sort of moral high ground, if you like, of not being this team that is a, a constant yo-yo sacking of managers like a, like a Chelsea down the road. Um, we believe we've got this, you know, we have higher principle, power, etc. Um, where do you stand on it, James? Well, in your second question, people need to wake up because that way of football and that way of loving football that was in the 90s and the early 2000s is dead it's gone. It is now as much as a results-based business. It's also a performance industry. 
And, you know, if you go to the theatre, say, you know, I don't know, hypothetically to, tomorrow, if they're allowed to be open, we put on this podcast, The Musical. No one's coming to it. We ain't going to keep going on night and night and night. We're finished. It's done because it's not performing. For me, and Neil hit the nail on the head, if there was something that I could see that would marginally make it better and get us these points, I would say stick with what it is. But, and Neil said the word there, the guy's delusional to me. He's absolutely delusional. He looks at all these stats and these metrics that are in his head that he thinks are positives. And I'm like, the only score, the only stat that should matter to you is the score line. That's what should matter. And I, and then I get annoyed that these people who are holding these microphones and everything, I'm like, no, ask him these questions. And I think, um, I think it was, was it Charles Watts asked him something the other week and he got quite snappy with him. And I was, yeah, and it was right. a fine question, by the yeah, way. Was yeah. No and problem. now I'm like, right now, this is, this is it now. Cause I'm like, he's rattled now. He's rattled. And I'm like, so prove, prove him wrong then. And he's not, he's still doing the same thing over and over. And this is what Wenger failed with. This is what Emery failed. We said, Emery, Neil, you said it, you and I, Emery, will die on Granite Xhaka's sword. This guy's going to do the same. Xhaka and Willian. Those two will finish him off. Well, just to go, um, um, sorry, if I'm interrupting, I'll go back to no, you. No, if you but um, the, we, we talked about ill discipline. Obviously, I don't want to go too far into the Xhaka one. And uh, people moan at me about, I've sort of posted something about, but I find it not surprising, but quite incredible that um, players that have done far less in their sending offs, like Pepe, which was silly, and Gabriel, which was an understandable incident in a way he was poor in the game but it was a professional foul if you like and you know defenders get done like that sometimes and both came out quickly and you know were very upset about what they did and apologized for it but uh, you know, the, the biggest answer you get from from that is well you know um what good is it what does it good do why do you care so much if he apologizes well i don't care it, the point is it's that it's a it's a professional responsibility that the club needs to instill to say this is not right you let the team down. You need to come out and say sorry to the fan base, right? And then people will go back to the abuse that he's received, etc. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't set your bar so low at those people. You're a professional footballer that gets paid 100 grand a week to be a professional football player. So act like one, right? If you're going to judge yourself against the scum of the earth, then, then we're never getting anywhere, are we? If you're going to judge yourself against that lot, then we're never getting it. You have to take the higher ground, right? And you have to. And I thought his silence has been devastating because we all know the game that he's back, he's back in the team, right? Probably. And um, and that's the point you're making with, 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 with Mikel Arteta. But the, you get a lot of arguments against the sacking of Mikel Arteta. So I want to. I want to. So I don't want to necessarily debunk those. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go through the ones I, that I've heard, and some of them I can understand in a sense. But I think. I think we give this guy a little bit more leniency because he speaks very well, and he's played for the club, and he's played under Arsene Wenger, and he sacrificed his own role by taking himself away from a number 10 position that he was into what was effectively a defensive midfielder. And what I remember as Arteta as a player was not necessarily be blown away, but going, taking one for the team here. And, um, you know, I admire him for that. And I think a lot of fans hold that true. 
And I think they also hold the moral high ground of not sacking managers regularly true. And it's kind of like the, the self-sustaining model where we, we have this, still we have this belief, even though we're, everyone's under foreign ownership anyway, but we all have this belief of, you know, you know, we, we generate our own funds. We, we're, we're, we're not Chelsea. You know, we're not like that. We're not Man City. We're not oil but run merchants. This is the thing is people go, oh, I don't want to be Chelsea. I don't, what you don't You'd want love trophies. You'd love it. You if, you if Abramovich, you you'd love it, mate. If Abramovich called up tomorrow and took over from Kroenke, we'd love it. We'd absolutely love it. I'd be waving my checkbooks like this, right? That's gone now. That's we're way beyond that stage. Once Stan Kroenke took over and and you know decided what to do, and we get we get to the board on another podcast. But it, let's go through some of the theories, right? The first the one is, is Jack. The people that wanted the self-sustaining model, you're welcome. You're welcome because this is what this is what you've got. This is what you've got. Everybody warned you and said in 2008, David Dean went, take Usmanov's money now, Arsenal, or face the consequences. That was 12 years ago. 12 years ago. And no, 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 no. We make stars. We don't buy them. Oh, yeah. No. This is, sorry, James, this is probably one of the reasons why he had to leave. Yeah. Because he probably wanted, he wanted this. He wanted this. And I'm going to say it now, and I've always said it, and I'm never going to change. This club, when David Dean left, was the beginning of the end. I'm yeah. going to say it, and that's it. Yeah, because that's we thing. have not, we have never recovered after his departure. Wenger still magically, somehow, inhumanely kept us consistently in the top four, and God knows how he did that with what he had at his disposal and with his role being spread so thinly uh, over so many things that he had to take responsibility for after David Dean's departure. But that that man. It was so influential in our success, in my opinion. I might be wrong, but that's how I see it. And ever since he left, it has been in decline. And you just said that he did. He With Ushmanov, he tried desperately to get back in because he wanted a, an owner to be of a footballing mind because he promised that he would push loads of money and loads of funds into the pitch or onto mm. the pitch mm. and not for any other reason. And, where, where, and, all, and we were stubborn and we were stubborn because we didn't want the, want someone in to come in and do that, a foreign ownership to come in and take over because we're organic, we're Arsenal. And look what's happened anyway. We've got a dipshit at the board who owns the, owns the club now. He's given control, absolute full control, 97% or whatever it is. He's never going to bloody leave. And if he, when he kills over, his son's going to take over, who I don't think is much better. And I, and, I, and I just feel we are, for our, my lifetime, I'm never going to see a change in that respect. Uh, uh, so that, that's the I, first I think argument. it's a joke. That's the first argument that, that I get, because I, I, I'm not saying I'm pushed, the, the, but, but no, no doubt if someone looks at my sort of social media feed, you can tell which way I'm thinking in terms of, you know, wanting, wanting, wanting a change and, and the reason why I want to change. But I, I try to justify the, the reasoning and the points. And I always go back to the two non-negotiables on my end, right? The two non-negotiables on my end is, first one is, play a, an attractive style of football but really a functional style of football right one is that one is that that is is getting and the second one is, is get results we never had number one we always had number one with Wenger which is why we always backed him even when even when the results slowed down in the you know in the last sort of year or two when we dropped out to the Europa League a lot of us were still backing him because we were saying well you know what he's 
we're still playing pretty good football under him. We're still, he's still getting a tune out of these big players, right? He never, and and then in the last probably six, nine months, the football started to dissipate and it was became a little bit of a hard, nothing like this, but a little bit of a hard watch and we and become understanding. But we never had number one under Mikel Arteta. We thought we'd get there. We never got there. We never had, what we did have was results in, in certainly in big games, we had results. But once the results go, this is why Jose Mourinho never lasts very long. Once the results go, what are you left with? You're left with a, a manager that is asking you to do things that you hate to do, but you only did it because you thought you're going to win something. And, and now he's now you're not going to win something. You're going to turn on the prick at the top because he's a non, he's a nightmare, right? And this is this is the issue we've got. The first one you get is is that question, Neil. The board they'll say, well, you sack him, you get another coach in the same problem, still got the same board. The argument I make there is one. You've got no chance of that board changing, right, in any time in the near future. So the argument becomes a, a, a mute point, right? It's, it just becomes pointless. At the same time, I, I look at other clubs with, I, I still believe, I still believe Liverpool, in terms of their ownership, are, are not massively dissimilar to what we have. They had so many issues under that ownership until they got a genius manager in and everything changed. And, and, and my argument there is you've got to roll the dice because if you roll the dice and you put the money behind it, which I still think we'd be willing to do even under this ownership, to be honest, if we're backs against the wall, you might, you, you might roll a six, right? And you, and, and you might, you might get that manager that you really, really wanted. Right. And, and, and that's, that's the better bet. That's the better bet. You can't bet on something that's never, ever happening. The ownership isn't going anywhere. Not in, not like you said, maybe not even in your lifetime. So I think that the button, that's why I don't want to go into the board. We know there's issues with the board. We know that the biggest issue I have is the people that employ, which is what we're talking about now. The manager, the, the guys above the manager who are now in positions that they've never been in before, like Vinay and maybe even Edu to a certain degree, right? So that's the first first one we get. James, add on that if you want. But that, that's pretty much where I'm at with, with that. Um, yeah. Um, the second one you get is he's not had time to bring in his own players. James, um, what's your thoughts on that one? Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, agree. That's, absolute, that's absolutely ridiculous. And again, it goes back to, um, like you said, with the board and everything else. Let's remember, he didn't want Thomas Party. He wanted he wanted an hour. And they went, no, 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 no. And they got him Thomas Party. So they don't truly back his judgment. So I'm like, so hang on a sec. We're questioning him, but so are they. Or Edu is, because obviously everyone got sacked and it was left to, I think it was Edu, Vinay, and him are solely responsible, aren't they? Lewis, the financial guy. Yeah, something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I look at it and I go, right, okay. We, for want of a better word, have hopped into bed with this super agent who is ironically the agent of our main technical director. And this is a guy who previously at Chelsea got lots of, he was, he was, you know, he was involved in Chelsea. They eventually went, no, you're a poison, go away. Tried it at Newcastle, Newcastle, who <laughs> let's be fair. They've been desperate to just win anything. I mean, whoever is the manager of Newcastle, if you won them the League Cup, you are God in Newcastle for the rest of your life. You won't pay for anything for the rest of your life in Newcastle because they just want to win something. So he messed it up there. Into Milan. 
Inter Milan, Cedric used to play for Inter Milan. He put lots of his clients, Giao Mario, people like that. And now Conti, who's struggling, he's like, yeah, I'm struggling because you're telling me I have to generate funds through the players that I've got here. No one wants to buy them. They're rubbish. On huge wages, probably. Yeah, exactly. And they're on huge wages as well. Barcelona. Okay, Coutinho's come back now. But they all said that he... The problems they've had financially are from the Coutinho deal because that stripped them to... I mean, he's been trying to push Willian onto Barcelona for about four years. Even when he was at Chelsea, he was, you know, there was always talks of, oh, Barcelona linked with Willian. And you'd go, what? Why? And just to come in there, James, because we're talking about the argument yeah. that he hasn't had time to bring his own players. There's an argument with Cedric because he came in like two weeks before the Cedric deal was done or three weeks, right? And, it, and he's clearly not played him much. So you what you, yeah. you wonder. But the argument with Willian has to be debunked by he continues to make him undroppable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless you're unless like someone claimed on Twitter to me that what if he's being told to play Willian? And I'm like, you yeah. really think he that is. this manager do you but James, come on, mate. Do you really think this manager got promoted, then got told who to sign, possibly, but then got told you have to play him? I mean, surely yeah. you leave that job, don't you? You leave no. that job straight away. No, because... He, I can't believe that. Yeah, because he, know, he knows where his bread's buttered. Where's he going to go? He can't go back to Pep, and who in the right mind would hire him? Well, we're going down if that's the On, case, mate. We're down. Yeah, yeah but we're that's down. It. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. We, you, You've... You've spoke glowingly about Arsene Wenger throughout this whole podcast. Both of you have. And like I said, towards the end, I was done. I was finito with the guy. But I respect what he did and I respect what he done for the club that I love, especially when I was younger and everything else. Some of those memories I won't ever forget. Arsene Wenger always said, I ain't dealing with that guy. That's one thing I respect him for is he never went with the Rayolas and the, you know, this, that and the other. I mean, Sven Mislintat's come out again with other comments going, I told you what's going on in there. He went, in there's a mess. He went, in there's a mess. I mean, you know, I don't want to be defamatory because, you know, it could be libelous or whatever, but look at Sonelli. 72 million quid for Pepe. You know me, I'm a fan of Pepe. He ain't worth more than 45 million pound on a good day. And I like the guy. I love, I like the player. But, you know, and that's all, that's all unravel. I'm like, we're just chucking money away and we don't really have any money to spend to begin with because he don't like to spend his money. And this is the argument is I'm like, okay, you're going to keep Arteta in. Let's just hypothetically, Arteta's going to stay put. Are you really going to give him 200 million in a January during a pandemic and everything? And then also, who's going to want to come? What can got that, yeah. Because your transfer structure now, they've said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do this with the, you know, we're not going to do this agent stuff anymore. We're going back to the stat DNA or we're looking through it and we're extensively scouting and everything. All the scouts got sacked. So who's looking? Who's looking and where? And then, again, it's who are you going to get? And the thing is, it's the calibre of individuals that we're looking at. And I know there's people that get the old fishing rod out and they hook it. Oh, let's just put player X at the end of here and see if we get nibs on Twitter for it. But Isco, do we really, what, we need another guy that Real Madrid don't want? And everything. Did, I mean, Ceballos has regressed from the cup finals. Well, yeah, almost everyone has, haven't they, really, yes. other than, yeah. you know, Saka and, and one or two I'm others. Like, but... What, we're going to chuck another one in that Real Madrid, that isn't good enough for Real Madrid? Yeah. And he's going to play, he's going to pull us out of a relegation dog. We need men, and I'm talking about proper, proper men, to come into this team. And 
mate, and just just lift. The, the whole thing needs a lift. And again, you talk about the managers. This is where I sit on it. I would make, for me, okay, if you get something out of Chelsea and something out of Brighton on the 28th, you go, right, okay, have the January. Have the jet, but you are really playing it hard because I would I would have made the change a couple of I would have made the change a couple of weeks back. I w- honestly, I would have made the change a couple of weeks back, and I'd have got someone. I, I mean, I, I think it's really hard to argue with that, though. I think mm. I think it's really hard to argue with with that thought process when, when yeah. you see where we're at. You know, I, I mean, know, and, and I the way Pochettino's we play knows the name that people look. You know, I know people go, "Oh, Pochettino." I, I honestly. For what this club, I'd get Allegri because he's proven to, you know, for all of what Pochettino did, he didn't ever win anything. And I think these players, with how fragile and how sensitive they are with their egos and their lack of accountability, because that's the thing, people go, oh, yeah, but Granite Xhaka got disrespected. I'm like, yes, yes, he did. Yes, but now he's disrespected me twice. He's let me down as a fan twice. And one time I can accept, two times no. So get out, get unfinished. You can go. You can Again, go. though, it's, it's, it's different non-negotiables and accountability yes. from the manager. Exactly. And you can, I mean, we can argue the William point. I, I still struggle to believe that. But then you, the, the point I make with the, um, the players is, um, and it's not just signing, selling players. Now, if we want to make the, the point that Edu made all the decisions and Arteta was just a front man for him, then okay, let's do that for a second. Let's make the argument that Edu made all the signings and Arteta had no say in them and he just has to make a play on them. Like, a bit like Emery supposedly did with, you know, the Pepe rather than Zaha stuff, right? Right, then who made the decision to sell our best goalkeeper? Right, who made that decision? Now, you can't argue that that was Edu because it's just money coming in, right? He could have, he could have gotten, he could have sold Niles, because we know there was money in for Niles. He could have sold other players, right? So so who, who made that decision? Who's making this decision to remove Saliba from all equations in favour of Mustafi and offering Mustafi a new contract? Who made the decision to, okay, maybe the Luis new contract was an Edu thing? I don't know. Um, so there's argument, there's a lot of arguments there that you, do you want to be giving money? To, 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 to a manager that has, has certainly least had a hand in some of these decisions that are very, very questionable, I think. Party, I don't, I don't, party I Gabriel... I'm sorry, were, I don't trust them. Signings. I don't, yeah, in the end, you don't trust either, right? No, but no. but um, Party and Gabriel were, 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 were good signings, so I don't want to argue those. Another argument you get, Neil, is um, other managers back him. Right? Other top managers say this guy is going to be the big thing. Pep... Um, Pochettino, because Pochettino played with him. Other top managers say this manager, Mikel Arteta, is going to be a huge thing. But if you've never managed before, it's shooting in the wind, Neil. People used to say this about Steve McLaren. They, shoot, they, they used to say Steve McLaren was fantastic. Brian Kidd at Man U. Alex Ferguson used to say he's going to be fantastic. I think you'll. I don't know if he relegated Blackburn, but he almost didn't got the sack. All right, um, I think it was Blackburn. Um, so you know. It, He's only ever been a number two. And I, I wasn't against the appointment. I felt it made a lot of sense at the time. And it was a risk, a risk worth winning to take, um, Neil. But, but um, the, you know, it, is it we, a point now, Neil, where we just have to, we have to look at it and say, um, it's really, really difficult. 
what we're seeing with him. We want to back him, um, but we're going to get to a point where we're into a zone where, where, where you literally have to have experience to get out of it. And this was his first real test, Neil. He had his first bad run. And you remember when he used to always have bad runs, but he always used to come out of them really quickly. And sometimes he'd go on a better run because of those two or three defeats. But he's not come out of this run, Neil. And it's been since, well, since, you know, it's been seven, eight, nine games now, this run, Neil. My argument is, you know, how long can you wait before you realise that it's literally an emergency to make a decision? You can't, can't, can't keep waiting because um, we are going to be in trouble. And my worry is, is, uh, and I've said this as well, if we did, if the, if the worst case scenario happened and we went down, we will struggle to come back up. We really will. Oh, we really will. So we can't even contemplate that now. Uh, I was having an exchange of tweets with uh, a, a chap on Twitter who lives in Harlow. Um, and, uh, he's, you know, he's positive. He goes, look, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And, and I like to believe that. I, you know, that all my positivity hasn't gone, James. <laughs> I still like to believe there is no way Arsenal Football Club is going down. But, but the problem is, in this current vein of the way we play in our current form, I can't see anything else because we can't even score. It's not even about losing at the moment for me we can't even score from open play we scored that one goal and that was it in how many games you know we've scored the, even yesterday was old when was it Saturday was a penalty for goodness sake it's not open play so you can't even say that we're he scoring need, three needs, or four and, need, and but conceding five yeah he needs, so, he needs so, massive help the people around him are well, losers let's be fair they are losers that that background yeah. team that he has. So for me, I'm like, even if you just shackled that a bit and changed that, I mean, looking at the Southampton game, you got that Steve Round, he's chewing on his coat zip stood next to him. And he's looking at him as if to be like, what do you think? And he's chewing on a coat zip. He doesn't know what to say. Again, at the weekend, he's got his bloody... He didn't even have, like you've got, Neil, with the AirPods. He had the old iPhone bloody headphones that are on the cord with the speaker on the... You know, on the t- on the taxi, and I'm like, he's mucking around with headphones. I- no, I mean that could be that, that, that. Okay, that could be a solution if it's not about Arteta. Maybe you have got a good point there, uh, James. It could be that, but we can't wait. Whatever happens, Jack, we can't wait. Whether he stays, whether he goes, whether they change the background stuff, a serious change in player personnel. The problem is everywhere, though. For me, Jack, yeah, the board I agree with, it's not going to change. They're staying. It's, it's, it's a financial institution. We're not a football club anymore. We have, we have been a financial institution for bloody years, and that boils my blood. I have no problem with making a football club financially stable. Of course you have to. You cannot be in debt. You cannot, you cannot be worried about folding and going into liquidation. That's great. What Arsenal have done organically is amazing is amazing but we've gone beyond that now we've gone well beyond that we've got we've moved to the emirates to become one of the forefront leaders in european football we could end up being the forefront leader in the bloody championship as soon as we left highbury we sold our soul that was a big mistake yes maybe we had to still do it but the emirates has been a curse but that's not it's not the bloody stadium's fault it's not bricks and mortars fault it's down to the damn board it's, a, it's it, you know again touching on the, the departure of David Dean. It, but we can't do anything about the board. But for me, it's also about the players, Jack. 
you know, we still don't have a flipping leader in that team. We still have no captain. Aubameyang is not a captain. He's, he should be focusing on scoring goals. I've never been a fan of strikers being captains anyway, but he is just not interested in that for me. Where do you see him when we're in trouble, shouting at his players, rallying the troops, fist, fist pumping the air, saying, come on, what are you doing? You don't see none of it. None of them are interested in doing that. Okay, holding I was a little bit more enthusiastic about because at least it gives it a bit of vocals. I see a little bit of Tony Adams in holding, but he didn't do the job at the end of the day and you can't expect him to. Give the captain seat to Tierney. For me, he's more of a natural leader. Give it to him. But it's about leadership. It's about his attitudes. It's Even everything. Scotland, right? still won things. This is the thing. Yeah. None of, so, these people that are given these armbands, so, so, that's it. the role of captain's diminished. We had Mustafi, a guy who you know is going to leave. He's gone. I'm not signing a new contract with you. I want to go elsewhere. Oh, okay. But here's the armband. I'm like... But imagine... Can being... I, can I, sorry, can I just say one more thing? I, I hear people saying, but we've got leadership over the pitch. You know, you've got several captains. It's not about the captain. It is about the captain for me. Because if you've got several leaders on the pitch, guys, right, when you've got a player who is not maybe doing so well or he needs guidance, which one does he look to? Oh, which one of the five leaders should I look at? Mm-hmm. You have to have one focal point, point where there's no nonsense. It's cutthroat. He's going to really lay into me if I fuck up in one move. And I'm going to have someone like Tony Adams shouting the odds. Even if it's a great player, Tony Adams didn't give a shit. He could be shouting at Burkham. He could have been shouting at Henri, right? You need one focal point on the pitch who is a leader who will rally the troops when it's not. Because on the pitch, you can't keep looking at your manager. You've You've got to be focusing on the pitch. And on the pitch, you've got your captain in front of you, not Arteta, right? That's, for me, a big problem. The problem with that as well is um, your, your leader has to, in terms of the way they play and act, lead lead by example as well, right? I and mean, you've seen with Aubameyang in re- recent weeks, you know, the, the shunning of interviews after losses, but popping out before wins and or, or after wins and and um, you know his, his absence basically on the pitch, even though he's not getting the best service. But but we all know we're not seeing the same type of player. Um, the, the frustration is it's so hard to judge these individual players at the moment because even the likes of Tierney, I feel, have gone a little bit backwards in recent weeks in terms of their own performance. And that's where you oh, really he's start all, to. He's been, he's been absolutely terrible, hasn't he? He's been, and, he and he doesn't I get it as much. Because he gives 100 percent and got you know, you know his short sleeves on, and everyone don't really want to say anything about him. But but he's he's been pretty poor as well recently, and that's why it's really Cap- difficult Cap- to judge the but caveat. I'm not blaming Tierney. I don't want it because I think he's a great player. I'm and sorry. No, no, he's, I been, don't, he's, I he's been he, he's been brought down because of what's around him. It's not him. He's been yeah. brought down because of what's yeah, and, you, and you're seeing fault. it a little bit with Gabriel as well, you know. But I think Gabriel maybe has been a little bit overplayed as well, and played with so many different partners. But um, you know that that that's the frustration that we see. I, I do have a frustration with with the, the youngsters component. I, I I posed the question that would he have given the chance to someone like Bakayo Saka? I don't think he would have done. Right. I mean, in fairness to Unai Emery, and I did not like a lot of his football and the way he played, but he was actually quite bold with how, I mean, we know Wenger was bold. We don't need to go into that, but he was really quite bold, right? He played Guendouzi in his first game against Manchester City, the champions at home. No one had ever heard of Guendouzi. He started him. Guendouzi gave the ball away a lot of times and he kept playing him. This kid was 18. No one had heard of him. He hadn't even played in League One. And he started him. And then he went and played Saka um, when he was 17, gave him his full debut, played him, you know, and then, and then, for him straight into the Premier League, you know, and, and he was a, he was a basically a must start for us in the Premier League. I don't think we would see that under 
under um, Mikel Arteta. We, you know, we've seen his reluctance to even play, you know, the likes of Martinelli at times and and players that really, you know, you know, have got the talent and maybe just need the chance. Um, and and I, I'm I'm concerned with that as well. But ultimately, uh, it, it, it comes the reason I am pushing a bit more on the side of thinking things won't turn around though same like you if, if he does turn it around and he can just I, I long for mid-table mediocrity that is all I want from this season just give me a flipping Newcastle or Everton all day every day of the week you see I want to wake up and be 12th and I'll tell you what I'll be having a happy Christmas that's all I want I just don't want the air of of relegation because if we get near that zone I think I start thinking West Ham. I start thinking Leeds. You know the the you know the the having you know, the Tevez scenario, and I, I start looking at that, and that was all agent based. And I start looking Who at was that. Tevez and Mascherano. Yeah, it was Kia as well. Yeah, thank you. Very and much. you know, honestly, there's just so many moments in my head that I'm thinking we are literally crumbling, and. Um, you know, yeah, is it the easiest thing to do to, to change the manager? Yeah, I think we're in a bit more of a stuck point now where it was because under Embry, we had somewhat of a board. Now we have this board that literally has put all their energy into backing this manager. They promoted him. So to sack one, you've got to sack everyone. The thing is, Jack, just, just to caveat you here as well, is is that last year, and it's again, Neil said it earlier, put a repeat on from last year's podcast because it will still be relevant this year. But we all talked about time and how we did it the wrong time. At the moment, you've got a relatively good scope of unemployed managers that are very good. They're not, you know, that you're not scrambling around like we are, you know, beforehand looking at it going, oh, who are we going to get? You know, you know, they got Emery because Emery was cheap. Arteta they got because they were like, okay, he might get, we can buy time, but also Arteta was relatively cheap. Now they have to, yeah, now they have to go, right, we might have to spend some money here now and we might have to get someone who's, like I've said, proven winner, a bit more established. But if we leave it, which is, this is, again, we're playing high risk and reward. If we leave it and they do back him in January, we get what we need and we sort out and we do end, you know, eighth, between 8th and 12th, because that's all, that's all we're going to get now is between 8th and 12th for me. You're not going to push on further than 8th or 12th. I'm fine with that if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. So am I. So am I. Just stay, but, but, stay but, in this league. But the thing is, is you've got to be so careful because we're four points above it now. We've got Chelsea, who, okay, there's this horrible stat with Chelsea at the moment. I think they've not beat anybody that's in the top half. Yeah, that was in the top We're not half. in the top half, yeah. so don't worry no, about it. No, Chelsea. no, exactly. exactly. We're not there anymore. But do you know what I mean? That classic top six that the TV companies like to spur and, you know, throw out all the time, we, we're still classed in that bracket. But then you've got Brighton after that who are near us. They're, they're fighting for their lives. They're a better footballing team than we are, by the way. That's it. And then you've got, you got West Brom who've just, you know, they're all right. They lost yesterday, but they've just got Allardyce in who hates Arsenal. So he'll like to go, right, I'll stick a knife in them. I'll stick a knife in them. And then I think because after that, we got, what is it, Newcastle, who are, you know, in and around there. Palace. Palace, who are, yeah. Palace who are in and around. There. And again, it's like, you know, you are playing a massive, massive high-risk game. And I... My, my, my issue is... Um... Is you know, like you said, if Arteta does 
in in that sense, he gets one or two in in January and manages to rid of a lot of the players. We've got such an overindulged, bloated, horrible squad. Um, and if he manages, I'd, I'd rather rid of players in January, to be honest. But it's you know everything sounds like we're backing him, right? Edu's come out and said it. You, you could say it's the you know the old dreaded voter confidence, but a lot of the, the 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 feeling is we're backing him in January, whatever that means, right? I personally believe that needs to mean more sales than signings, just to, because I think. Uh, but no, what top managers don't work with big groups. Klopp, very small squad. Arsene Wenger worked on a squad of, you know, we, we lived off a squad of like 16 base players, really, if you think about it. Never were, even now, um, the Wolves, I don't think they even declare 25 sometimes. They declare 23 because he doesn't want that many around. We've got 25 and then we've got about six that don't even get near it. Right, they don't. It's Socrates, Urzils, um, Cedric's. They don't play. Um, Kolasinac's. They're not even part of the squad sometimes, right? So we've got just so many players that aren't even part of the group. Um, so I think sales are, are, are really important. But like you said, you, you, you're rolling the dice either way. You back a coach that's never ever been through it before, um, and 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 you're rolling it. You, you roll it again to to sack him. I think personally, you're rolling it less if, like you said, if you spend the money and you get someone in that's proven, right? And people will always say to you, well, who are you getting in then? And, and I'm like, well, first of all, like you've mentioned a man, you know, Allegri, some people mention Pochettino, some people have heard, will mention, um, you know, Rafa Benitez, people like that. I don't like the football that he plays, but we know he has experience, etc. cetera. Um, but th- that shouldn't be the question. Th- th- no one asked us that question in 1996 when we went to Grand Passate and got Arsene Wenger because no one had ever heard of him, right? We're not there to answer that question. We're, that's not our jobs. Our jobs is to go, this clearly is not what we need. My only concern there is the football. And I come back to it. In the summer, the ability, if we stay in this league and even don't get Europe, the ability to tear things up is bigger than it has been since Wenger left, no question. And you have to make sure that when you tear things up, you are giving that money to someone that actually knows how to use it. And that would be my issue because at the moment I am, I've, I've never seen football this bad in my lifetime for Arsenal football club. No way near it. Right. Even under Emery, it was not this bad. Even the latter years of George Graham, which is when I started supporting, it was not this bad. I don't think the football was this bad. And that is my concern. If we stick with it, right. Are we saying that if he gets the players that he needs in, he'll play the style that he wants. Well, there's no real evidence for that. Right. Let's take Arsene Wenger. He came into a club that was, you know, not mid-table, what were we, sixth, fifth, right? Uh, we weren't really around there. He had an immediate impact without changing many players. He didn't change, you know, much more than what Arteta has already, right? Um, the immediate footballing impact, stylistic impact, the way he changed the way we played, right? Players players that were, were, were aging too and had never played like that before, right? We had the old back four, Dixons, Winterburns, right? Uh, and they started playing in a more progressive way. Ray Parler started playing away. You never, you, do, do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, okay, he brought a few, brought Vieira, he brought an Elka, he brought Overmars in that first year. But, no different from what Arteta has, has done effectively, right? With three or four players that he's brought in. So, but but, you, but the point is, you implement your style still. The style should is already here now, and what we're seeing is a, a, a manager that doesn't really have one and is very very unsure of how he wants to play game in game out right does he want to be a counter-attacking team or, or does he want to be a team that dominates the ball and and you and, and we're not sure and, and your your eyes don't really lie there um so yeah i mean it's good it's really interesting because everything we're aware of is is that the board aren't even contemplating this at this moment 
So maybe what we're discussing also is, I don't know, maybe it is irrelevant, but it can't be irrelevant if the results continue. If the results continue like this, um, I, I'd argue that the acceptance of where we're at at the moment is more worrying than anything. But um, it, it can't continue, right? They, 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 they're probably not expecting much this week, right? City take the City game away, it's League Cup. They're not expecting much from Chelsea, I presume. Um, but when you get to Brighton, if, if we go through Brighton and West Brom and we don't win one of those... Um, I, I I I don't see I don't you cannot you cannot stick with you can't give him the January window if you don't win one of those I'm so and I've not watched West Brom but Brighton are a better footballing team than we are they are a better playing football team that they are without question they are a better footballing team than we you are you know Welbeck scoring you might as oh, well yeah. you might as well lay your money on they've got a, they've got a right back that I'd exchange for any one of ours um, mm-hmm. they've got they are a better footballing team let's do um, some fans questions before we get your predictions for uh, for the games that we're all dreading well we dread every game it doesn't matter who we're playing does it um, so we're dreading all of them we got a lot of fans questions because we've been away for a few weeks I think but maybe people did miss us a little bit which is lovely um, Kyle Folly says um, at Kyle Folly 923 Neil says can everyone give their top three manager choices when Arteta well, he didn't say if he says when Arteta gets sacked oh, oh but he does say also what's one thing Arteta can do to save his job Neil do you, you're not really you know, you don't really look too much, but give me, give me, what are you saying top three? Who would be your choice off the top of your head as a, as a one? You don't have to give me three, sorry, Carl. I'm just not sure three. Well, um, we've got, we've mentioned two, Allegri and Pochettino, because I suppose they're available. Um, and the third one's Wenger. Yeah, well, I was speaking, my dad was almost um, getting emotional when I was talking to him about Wenger because I said to him, I went, I, what, what I said, I said, it's not going to happen. I said, but if I was told that we would get him until the end of the season, I'd do it all day long. Just because I, you know what I do, you know what he'd do. He'd go in there and he'd go, "Well, this is a mess." But he'd go, just play. He'd, he'd just let everyone play, and and you know what? And, and they'd have smiles, and, and and they'd be able to play football without worrying about the, you know. And, and I, I'm telling you, we'd score a bucket load. Um, it's the freedom. Uh, it's the freedom for me. What you asked, he asked about Arteta and what he could do to save his job. Give the players more freedom and stop playing Willian. That's the yeah. first thing he needs to blooming do. Willian, for me, I know you guys had a little bit of a disagreement with him. I, I, I around, sorry, around him. I, I, I sometimes think it could be even a sponsorship thing. It could be that part. It could be part of his contract that he signed because he was guaranteed X number of yes. Premiership is starts. That, is it? He no, could no, have no, signed. He could, or, 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 or he signed because it helps promote the sales shirts. I don't know because we have to recoup money somehow because we're not getting it from the fans. So when, it could be something to do with his shirt deal. There was a clause for an amount of minutes that he wanted guaranteed because he was like, you know, I'm committing three years to you. So I want, and you know, I'm 32 now. So I want guarantees that I'm going to, and we get, again, it's like, I keep saying risk and reward. Oh yeah. Go for it then. And it's, it's yeah, not I can't believe that. There's, I mean, we've, we've yeah. took too many, I mean, I can't there's too that. many risks. Willian signing, selling Martinez, Loaning out Gwendozi, and again you come back to it. Not all this is on the board. His and choice Edu. again, yeah. yes, again this you is all his cho- if, Ozil, if, if he brings Ozil back in January, if it's a massive if, and then he come, well, if he does, and he comes in, and okay, we got favourable fixtures. If he gets one or two assists against the West Brom, one or two against Palace in the Newcastle Cup game and in the league, everyone's going to go. Well, you're an idiot because for eight months. 
or so, you singled that I, guy out. They will, I, they will lambast him. So I don't again, think he can do like, it, James, because if mess. he if he so does it, he's a dead man walking. He's a dead man walking, really, either way. But he, in a way, but if he does that, you know, it's like Emery, right? He was a dead man walking once he started decided to bring mm-hmm. Ozil back in. But he's desperate. Um, but he's because desperate. But he's desperate. But the, the issue with, with, with the Ozil issue was, I always go back, I don't know why it compares to me. I don't know if you ever watched the Lance Armstrong story, but the Lance Armstrong story, there was a guy from his team called Floyd Landis that tested positive for drugs as soon as he left his team. And he got banned for two years. And when he got, when he came out of his band, he called up Lance Armstrong and he said, Lance, I want to just let me ride on your team. And, and all Lance had to do was let him ride, just let him be part of the team, let him be one of the back guys in a Tour de France that just, just you know, just brings up the rear of the, of the team. And he said, get lost. And that is when Lance Armstrong basically, the, the downfall of Lance, because he came out in public, Floyd Landis the next day, he said, Lance Armstrong's a cheat, he's doping, he's been doping all along. And it all came out and that was the demise and downfall of Lance Armstrong. And the reason I say that is, Mikel Arteta just had to give him a role. In hindsight, he just had to give him a role because if he just said to Ozil, you're in the squad, but he knew in his head, you're not starting much, mate. I'll play you in the Europa League. You're Europa League captain if you want, but in the group stages, but I'm not playing. He he diffuses everything. He diffuses the ticking time bond that is Meza Ozil. But what does he do? He says, you're out of it. And it blows up in his face, blows up in his face because now Meza Ozil is the first person on social media as soon as we're losing he's blowing it he's loving it PR Ozil right and it's it, he just ha- and I, I was in agreement with him dropping him out of the squad because I thought it was such a bold move but in hindsight because he's had no his solution has been Willock and Lacquer in that I didn't think that was going to be I didn't think it was that stupid um, it, in hindsight he's just ignited a ticking time bomb and it's blown up in his face and, so, and uh, sorry go on go ahead yeah, I was just going to. Sorry, I know. I'm sorry, I'm stopped you trying to thought. I'm really apologise. But for me, I just want to get it out there. There is there is a solution which no one has touched on. We're seeing better football. I did mention it earlier when he plays the a mixture of the youngsters in the Europa League. Now I know, I know, I know. Don't I'm not stupid. I know it's a different kettle of fish in terms of the opposition. I get it. I know it's a different calibre of opposition. It's only the first group stage that we got through, but we had six wins out of six. We scored a load of, load of goals. And even if the opposition is going to be nothing compared to what it is in the Prem, at least the style of football was what we want to see. So the answer, if Arteta, you asked about how he, Arteta could change it, maybe save his job, is play something similar to what he's been playing in the Cups. So he's doing it in the Cups, why is he stopping? Why is that stopping him doing it in the Premiership? Why is it such a structured, such a, um, a, a what do you call it, a, a handcuffed way of? He's basically putting shackles on all the players. He's not giving. I feel that they're not given the freedom to express themselves, to express their personality on the pitch, and I think that is one of the major problems. But in the Europa League, he's been doing that. He's been giving the, some of the youngsters a chance, and they, and and they are playing with hunger to save his job, stop playing bloody Willian, give Balogun a chance, give Emble Smith-Rowe a chance. Martellini, he's got to back full on now. It's those kind of decisions that he's got to make. If we need, if, if, he's, if he's going to stay, that is where I think he needs to go. I'm no manager. I've never played football at any kind of level apart from the back garden. So what do I know? But all I'm saying is what I see with my own eyes. I'm just saying I see a different game, a different style, a different team when we play in the Europa League. 
So why can't you kind of echo that in the Premiership? He's, he's got he's got to tell the people above him. I don't care if there was clauses and everything else. I don't care. I need to do what is best for this club. He can't continually. We, you know, keep we keep going back. But okay, Unai Emery, he couldn't speak English anyway. So let's just throw him out. Let's just throw him out of the equation. But Arsene Wenger, for all of his bad, was a front for these idiots at the back. He would always stick up for that. He would never call them out perfect to people when we all knew glowingly this is all their fault. It's not. You're just a front for the idiots that you've got above your head. And Mikhail Arteta is doing the same. And I'm like, he should be more, I'm like, be be more of your own man, Mikhail, because I know you. that in him, he's hurt, you know, he is hurting, he's feeling pain. But stop deluding, you know, I'm like, you're calling well, I out. I really this- like him. I mean, I really, I really want him to be successful. I really do. You know what I mean? I yeah, really so do. I, do. I didn't, I didn't have anyone. that. I didn't necessarily, I mean, yeah, but the, what makes me like him less is, is the style of football, not the way he speaks. Not you know, I like the way he speaks and he's bold and, and, and I'm all for that. But um, I see, see the, the football speaks, really the he speaks. Me. Yeah. The way he speaks now winds me up. Yeah. But that's that since that since he started to believe, yeah. his, you know, yeah. believe what because, he's saying and the dominating you know, he the team. Talking about Everton, how negative they played. Oh, they sat in yeah, a low block. Oh, they gave me all the ball. Yeah. Because they were winning 2-1, Mikel. Because Carlo Ancelotti has been around the block and he knows, no, I'm ahead. I ain't going to overcommit and go for you. You'll catch me on the, you'll do me on the break, which nearly did happen, by the way. I know we haven't touched much on the game, but Saka had a cracking chance at the end. He did have, he did have a very, very good chance. And okay, it, was, it wasn't the best of shots. But again, it comes down to, well, yeah, he's inexperienced. He's 19. And that was all from Tierney. By yes. the way, which I mentioned yes. earlier. Yeah, again, it's hypocritical, James. I mean, where where was this conversation when we were doing it against Liverpool at home last season? And this yeah. is the way he well, wants to play. This do you is know it. What I mean? I'm like, go so, watch your previous game, mate. Because yeah. after Gabriel got sent off, you put two right backs on. Yeah, that's why I'm struggling to so listen to, to be honest. Yeah. But but um, you said it's when who was your other two Neil for manager? Sorry, and James was Allegri. I know that. Who was your other two if it happened? You're on mute, you're, Neil. You're on mute. Pochettino. Pochettino. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'd be. Um. I'd be for that as well. Yeah. Uh, if it happens, which 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 I don't think a lot of us believe. Yeah. Them. Top five players. Well, this is going to be hard. I'll get your list out, James. Top five players that need to leave the club in January and why? Give me a your top five that need to go in January. <sighs> uh, caveat that with, uh, and this is from um three one three one two Guna at Clough. 31, top man. I haven't heard questions from him before, but we really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Um, obviously, caveat with the, with the ones that are obviously not going anywhere, right? So, you, you know, or you can say Ozil, but it's probably not happening, but go ahead. Yeah, so obviously I can't throw Willian in there because he's only just got here, so five. <laughs> so, yeah, it's difficult. So I would go Socrates, Kolasinac, Mustafi. Oh, and two more, two more. Maybe one we can get him money for. Yeah, Xhaka. Yeah, because you you will on a good day get some kind. Someone will buy him. Uh, and then after that, I need one more, don't I? Ooh. One more, one more. I'm scrambling. There'll be there. 
one of you two will have one of them that I'm forgetting. Yeah, Eddie and Katia. Okay, next. No, 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 no. You know, it makes sense, mate. Get 20 million in for him. Look at Rian Brewster doing 10 minutes down at Sheffield United. You know he's the same thing. He's a It's a good one, Jack. I love it. I love it. I'd sell it. I like that one. Do you know what, though? You know you know, I'm actually serious with that comment, but... um. I, I wouldn't be against selling a youngster if this is the way we're looking, right? If we're going to sign Willian and say to Nelson, well, he's taking your minutes, sell Nelson. Sell, I don't want to sell Nelson, but mm. you know what I mean? Willian's here for three years now. So if we need the money to get someone else, sell, sell him. Do you know what I mean? Like don't, the reluctance to sell youngsters bugs me because I think if you're lucky, one or two will make it anyway. So the reluctance does bug me, right? Like Willock was, you know, Willock played the most games for Arsenal Football Club the last season out of everyone, 44 games, right? So I'm not saying we should, whether that should be the player or not. I'm just saying the reluctance to sell players after they've been given time in a team, um, I find a little bit frustrating because because history says they're not all going to make it. In fact, you'd be lucky if 20% get close to making it. So I, I, that, that would be my argument. But five, I agree with you, five players generally, um, James and... Um, I wouldn't be against selling a striker, even if it was lacquer, by the way. I wouldn't wouldn't be against it if it meant we could get, you know, a Balogun as a backup or something like that. I would not be against it if it meant getting funds in for areas. I think we need a central midfielder and I think we need a creative midfielder. Um, Xhaka would be first on my list to be sold, um, um, to be out of players that we can get money in for. And I agree with the rest. Um, uh, Neil, what will the Cronkies do if we went down? How the, at, at Barrage, Simon's asking something that we kind of spoke about. Um, how will that affect their relationship? I don't fully understand it. We were supposed to be a self-sustainable football club, which will take a massive hit with revenue in the championship. TV rights, no Europe, less fans. Um, hashtag purely Arsenal. Thank you, Simon, for that question. Um, James mentioned that he thinks, you know, that's the only way they'll, they'll, they'll leave the club if we go down. Do you think it's that simple, Neil? No. Me no, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that if they, if if somehow they can still have their money coming in, they ain't going to go anywhere. I'm telling you now. I mean, I know that obviously the revenue is going to come down drastically if you go into the championship. Of course it will. But we're still Arsenal Football Club. We're still probably going to be a brand out there to some extent, and I still think they're going to capitalise on that. I, I, the only way they could potentially could get those bastards out is by having live games again and then no one turning up to the games. No one. And I know at the moment that's kind of happening anyway, but then that's a proper, tangible, visible protest against the board. And that's never going to happen, unfortunately. I don't want it to happen. I don't want to ask. You know, it's just, it's just more detriment to the club. End of the day, I support Arsenal Football Club. You know, you've got the components in there, the players, the management, the board, everyone. But end of the day, I support the badge. I support Arsenal Football Club. I've grown up loving that club. And I don't want anything to happen to hurt it. But the point is, to get rid of this board, I haven't got the answer. I don't know how we're going to get rid of the board. It's just, you know, that... that The problem is, you sh- he should never have been allowed to take control. Yes, all right, he might have had 25% of the shares. But the, when, when he got the controlling number, that I knew then we're in trouble. Because mm. for me, he is just about money. You've seen what he does in America with his other, you know, other other investments. It's just about money for me. And I've always said it, everyone was happy when Josh came out and made that PR statement. For me, it was just a PR statement to get a few people on his side or get a few people on, on the cronky name side. I never believed it. 
to be honest. I, I thought it was full of shit, to be the honest. The only way he sells if a, a huge, huge, huge bid comes in from someone, right? Like, it just... Um, that's, that's what we need to do. We yeah. need to find someone that wants it and then, like, everyone here, you know people that are doing the podcast social media everything else, everyone's got to unify and go right this guy says he wants it i want this guy instead of what's here now and you've got we just got to crack the pressure on we've got to crack the, i mean you That's know the only way it would we, happen yeah where's this we care do you people now because like you said this january window really. and the one after it they're the two biggest yeah, that's going to have for ages. Yeah. This January one and the summer, like you said, the summer, you can rip the whole thing and start again. Yeah. I, like, I like that. That's why I like that question about, you know, um, top five players that need to leave. Because I do yeah. really think January is all about that. You mm-hmm. just got to chew, trim the fat. Do you know what I mean? Get trust rid of them, it. It's trust and planning. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's, um, the plan, what's the plan? And do I trust the people to execute it? You've got to show me something. Because yeah. at the moment I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? Do you know the quick thing? Just going on the fans. Sorry, I know I'm, I'm, I'm uh, digressing again. But in a way, Arteta, I think he's been a lucky boy by not having any fans in the stadium. Can you imagine the recent results? Losing to Burnley, losing to all of these teams, which we're setting unprecedented, unwanted records. Toxic. Can you imagine the final whistle? Can you imagine the toxicity? He'd so in gone. that way, Arteta's he had a little... If fans yeah. were there, he'd have been gone. He'd have been gone. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. He's been, he's been very lucky because the way we've played, especially when we've gone down in games, you know, and there's been absolutely nothing about us, no attacking threat whatsoever. And, you know, we, 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 when you literally have no choice, that's just incredible. You know, look, against Villa and against Leicester, just nothing after we go 1-0. Um, unbelievable. But um, at Bernard, well, actually, the, and the players as well would have got done as well. Not just the manager. And they deserve it. I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing that these players are the argument is not that these players are that I don't forgive I haven't forgiven any of them for for a lot of them for for what they did to Wenger. The argument is not that these players aren't good, it's that they are not this bad. The the players Mm. are not this bad. They're not the argument that we need to we need to change all 25 players is irrelevant, right? Everyone goes, I'll oh, get rid of it. Because no coach can do that. Even, even Chelsea's manager, that's closest, but really you can't do that within your reign. Right. So that their arguments are relevant, but the argument is they are not this bad. They, there's no way they're this bad. And I go back to the attack before the window. We all said, don't touch the attack. If we're going to keep everyone, I think we've got what we need. I know we said that. And I know a lot of other people said that too. Right. So, and now it's the weakest part of our team. They're not this bad. They're not this bad. Maybe we're eighth, ninth. Maybe we are eighth or ninth. Maybe because, you know, collectively the mentality is just so toxic and there's problems within the environment of the group or whatever. But talent wise, I'd argue that, you know, they're probably seventh at worst. When, but- you, when, you're, when you're 15th and you're four points off the drop. Eight for ninth's lovely. Eight for ninth. Like take, you said I, earlier. Yeah, I take. Beautiful. I mean, eight for ninth's beautiful. Yeah. I'll take yeah. eight or ninth. Eight for ninth, lovely, jubbly. Yeah. But that, 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 yeah. that, that's the point here, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not that that we're not good and we need changes, and we all know that we are not as bad as what we're seeing. And that's not just positionally; that's performance-wise. And I think it's bigger on the performance side because metrics on the performance side said we're even worse a few more but i'm going to whiz for them at bernadette 68 um at brass 68 top uh, girl arsenal and big celtic uh, fan loves tierney is the fitness of the players being monitored closely enough some of them look sluggish 
um, in my opinion, and has freezing out certain players been been affecting others in the squad, as in morale and motivation. And the two you think of there is obviously you know um, Urzil, one of maybe three Urzil, Gwendozi, and Saliba. And um, I do. I mean, you saw the comments of Gwendozi and Saliba on Instagram. I'm sure you boys saw it, uh, where he's saying you know feels locked up at Arsenal and all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I, I don't now in hindsight, the Urza one I agree with because I thought he had solution. Didn't have a solution. Blown up in his face. Don't agree with it. The sleeper one, I think no matter which way you look at it, it's absolutely terrible handling from the club. I mean, it's just awful. We know he's gone through personal issues and, uh, we, you know, no way can we not be concerned about that. But there is no way this was the right way of, of dealing with it. Absolutely no chance. Loan him back to his home country. Um Involve him in the first team group, playing under twenty threes every 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 week. No chance. That's not the right way to handle him. So I agree with that. The fitness thing, we I mean we do. We look so, but I don't think it's fit. I think it's the lack of athleticism more than anything in our players, isn't it? I mean we've got. They so- can't be asked, Jack. Yeah, they can't got- be asked. Look at that first goal. William is a fitness he's, thing too. He's walking to Iwobi, not running to stop that. Just, oh, you know, Awobi had all the time in the world. He had all the time in the world. Yeah. And And I'm like, is that because they don't care for the man? They got that little respect for that man that's there that they can't even run. I mean, you know, they said it. Raheem Sterling went, oh, it's a bit of a wake up call for Arsenal because he's not going to take them not running. Well, that lasted all of six months, didn't it? Yeah, he said, if, if you don't <laughs> run with Arteta, if you don't run, you don't play. And I was like, yeah. so Xhaka and Willian, where's that yeah, non-negotiable yeah. then? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, does mm-hmm. Willian have Arteta's nudes? Bob Lex says, good one, that one like that. Um, <laughs> how does Vinay get to that level with no football experience? Yeah, he's never been in that role. He's like the youngest person ever in the CEO role that he's got, which is another concern because he's effectively on the board to make these decisions. Yeah, the only left. Yeah, he's the one, but he's in the group of, you know, appointing Arteta and promoting him and all this sort of stuff. I think you said it months ago on a podcast when we were talking about Emery. Some people are just really good at interview, mate. Yeah. And And this is, um... you know, I I wouldn't even say nepotism because he's not part of the family, but do you know what I mean? They're looking around, you know, I think if the tea lady was there and she was the only one left, they'd go, you, you're in. Come on. We've got nobody else. It's your job. Yeah, exactly. It's just just who's who's left. I'll give it to him. Yeah, and it's just at Guna underscore Fox that, that, that who asked that question about Vinay. That is the sign of that's the biggest issue I've got with the owners. I mean, look at the changes we've gone through from Gazidas to Sven to Rao to Edu. This is eighteen months. I mean, um, you don't make those changes on board levels. Those people stay there for generations. Right? These are like tenured jobs usually. They just stick around. Like, how we make that many change? How many balls ups can you make before you? You know. So that's the problem with, it, with the, the biggest problem. I have with the crockies they're employing the wrong people that's the biggest problem I'm having and that's why the problems keep happening but good question last one was I like this one at um, Busy B um, can't remember where I went to last Neil said it why won't we come back we said sorry already I mean if we offered it to him would he come back James yes or no 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 I don't no, think he no, would it's, either it's... It's this, um, it's he is still involved in football, though. I mean, that's yeah. the interesting thing. He's not like Ferguson. Yeah. No, no, no. No, but it's, it's done. It's done. It's finished. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be an interesting move from the club, wouldn't it, in a way? You'd wonder where you're at after he comes back. Do, you know, do, do you know what? It's what? Just quick. It would remind me, in a way, 
of Alan Shearer at Newcastle. <laughs> you bring it. You're bringing back a legend for a fight that you don't know that you're going to win. And I'm like, if if he come back, Weeks which I wouldn't want him to. Way, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want him to. But if he come back and we did go down and we went down with him at the helm. It oh no! Don't. It, yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It tarnishes. It tarnishes. It tarnish but it's true. It's true. It ruins everything. I only, I, I, I only said it in the tongue in cheek. By the way, it wasn't. I wasn't no, serious. It was no, tongue in cheek. That, that's the thing. There's a lot of people. There is a lot of people that are serious about it. And I'm like, mm. no, you can't. We like we keep saying this club needs to go forward. Can't keep looking back. We looked back. We employed an ex-player. <laughs> that, that, we that an ex-captain, and. At the moment, it's going wrong. Yeah, sentiment, I think that also sentiment needs to go out the window. As well, you know, and you just need to go. You know, sentiment needs to finish. Yeah, you know, that honeymoon period, and I mean that's the big, that's the best question that um, Bernadette said as well. How do you go from all that in August to December, where we are now? And that again, that's something that Arteta and the board can't answer for. That's these players. Yeah, you have that much of a and it, what just because your mates aren't there anymore, just because your friend's not there anymore, you drop off that much. Give over. Yeah, Give the over. players, are, the players are a disgrace. I mean, there's no question about that. A large group of the players, are, some of them, you know, have some standing and some credit. You know, your Sackers, your Gabriels, your yeah, yeah, your um, your Tierney's. You know, but yeah. but there's a lot. Yeah, who's your top scorer? Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, busy, busy B asked that question. He also asked, other than winning the cup, has anyone really enjoyed watching Arsenal play? And that's a good point. I I I enjoyed the semi final. I thought it was a very intelligent performance. I enjoyed the final. Actually. Mm better team in the final a lot went our way injury wise to be fair but we were the better team let's not argue that point um but in terms of league performances etc other than the early sort of honeymoon period under Arteta where we played a little bit more open free firing attacking football no I've not and that, that is my biggest reason for thinking it needs to change is um I am really concerned with a lack of style because you don't get out of this without that you don't get you might get the odd result lucky but you don't get out of a rut like this without that without a real belief in the style of play when the reason Wenger always came out of ruts is because he never changed his way he always said keep believing in the way you're playing they used to ask him every interview about the other team and he went we need to do what we do if we play the way we can we're going to win this game so we have to make sure we play the way we are but we're last two coaches it's all been about the other team all I hear in the interviews before it is praise for the way he was praising Burnley before the Burnley game they only scored five all season he's praising Burnley you know there's no team out there you know that handles set pieces like they do and they get amongst you and I was like for crying out loud talk about some of our positives our proponents right our what they need to be scared of it's absolutely incredible the cowardice that we've had in the last two managers just absolutely ludicrous but I thought that was a good question as well and that is the biggest worry predictions before you go Neil we've got Manchester City in the League Cup in the week do you care and we've got Chelsea at the weekend you definitely do care but um, what's your predictions mate I care for the League Cup because I think it's going to be the youngsters and I care for them I think I think just quickly touching on Bernadette's freezing out I think she might have also been alluding to the youngsters which aren't getting a chance but I might be wrong there but anyway yeah, League we've Cup, mentioned uh, that concern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, League Cup City. Uh, I'm just going to go for it because it's the. I hope I am hoping it's the youngsters. He might bloody play Willian and Xhaka. Um, 
I'm going to go for a bold 4-2 to us and Balogun's going to score. Ooh. Right. And and uh, who we got at the weekend do that I don't care about. Is it Chelsea? Chelsea. Oh, wonderful. But this one you care about. we got to stay in the league, Neil. <laughs> Neil, I'm, Neil, I asked for two things for Christmas, okay, other than obviously <laughs> health of the family and everything, is I, yeah, I asked course. that lot Sorry. down the road not to win the league. And it seems like someone... And we stay up. And we stay and up. We stay, honestly, I'd be delighted with those things. I don't care who wins it. It can't be that lot down the road, right? No, and they can't be. That was a brilliant result. Let's, all, let's be honest. When oh. I woke up yesterday. I woke up. I was so happy when I saw Leicester at one. I didn't even watch it. Something to smile about. Yeah, absolutely. And then just I love Brendan like, Rogers. Yeah, yeah, love him. <laughs> yeah, again, another one though. Another one that I don't think he's the you know, but plays a good brand of football. A good brand of football, Brendan Rogers. He does. He does play very good against him. Go on, Neil. Uh, it's so difficult to see us scoring a goal. That's my my problem. If he check, if he takes a bold decision and he changes some personnel around, and somehow, somehow we do get the result against City, and it may it may g up the players. It might do. I just don't know at the moment where the mentality lies. We might get something out of the Chelsea. I cannot see a win. As much as I'd love to say we will, I'll go for a one all. I'll go for a one all against Chelsea and. Uh, who's going to score it? Bloody hell. Another penalty. Pepe penalty, Chelsea. Oh, jeez, yeah. The hope in the midweek, for, for a bit like you, is um, is that the youngsters throw it into his head again to to include him somewhat in the first-team squad for, for Premier League. That's what I'm hoping. I'm just not sure he's going to play youngsters in a quarter. Is it quarter-final of the League Cup? I'm not sure no. he goes. I, I I think a lot of us might be thinking, oh, it's the Europa. I don't think he's going to go down that route. I think he's going to go quite what he's senior. That's what I think, but let's see. James, what's your prediction for midweek? And uh, yeah, so Chelsea. from what I from what I've read, I think Abamyang's still going to miss both games. So I would say tomorrow, um, you know, the the, the uh, League Cup game. I think he'll go relatively strong, but it'll be a mix with youngsters in there as well. So I will go one all, and I will go for. <laughs> Let's go, Nelson. If Nelson can come back in, if I think Nelson's fit, isn't he? After he smashed his head into somebody else's head in training, I think um, he is. He wasn't included yeah. in the squad. Yeah, so let's let's go. Let's go one all, Reese Nelson, and then we'll win it on penalties. Oof. I think because it's because it's there's no there's no two legs, is there? It's a one. It's yeah. It's got to be a winner. I think so yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go us to win on penalties. Um, okay. And then and then this weekend. I think that he need to turn around and it's beating a big, you know, beating where big team will be that turnaround. So I will go 2-1 Arsenal and uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's pluck Saka. Let's say Saka. Let's, you know. Yeah. I mean, if, if something's coming for him, I mean, that Southampton was incredible, that run, but it's, mm. it, but it also kind of, you know, upset me in a way because we needed so much from him to, in order to create that chance, yeah. you know, he has to what, do three you, or four players. Uh, I'm going, um, lose three, one in midweek. Um, Shit. I'll go being, <laughs> hopefully I think I'll go, I reckon Martinelli might start, you know, so I'm going to go Martinelli. Um, because he was included and he played, didn't he, a little bit. So, you know, maybe we do start him for 60. And then um, at the weekend, I will go 2-1 defeat and um, our goal will be lacquer. 
I think we'll start Laka probably and, and, and our goal will be Laka's it. Um, a 2-1 defeat. And at that point, I don't think it changes much because surely we don't expect much from these next two games anyway. But let's see. Boys, I mean, keep the faith. Um, I will support Arteta and I'm sure we all will um, at any point. But um, we've got to see something. We've got to see something from, from the group. Yeah. Players as well. Yeah. Responsibility. Keep the faith, boys. We're going to stay up. 40 points. Come on. Come, Come on. on. Up the Arsenal. Take care, boys. Come on. Come on.